Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome to Soy Benito's from Macabre Podcast. Yo soy Di. Y yo soy Ali. And Ali is going to talk about a case that happened in Castellar, Argentina. Hey, everyone. So in today's episode, it's actually really special because we have two guests from Que Spooky, Andres and Kevin. Say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Andres. Hi, I'm Kevin. And they're going to be joining us today. So we're really, really excited for this. We really are. We're excited, too. Yay. <laughs> you better be excited. <laughs> for <Okay>. sure. <laughs> Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tengan cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. Este caso ocurrió en Castelar, una ciudad en Morón que es una provincia de Buenos Aires en Argentina. La razón que escogí este caso es porque después que pasó el crimen ya no se ha escuchado nada, and it's really recent. There are articles online that talk about what happened, and then there is one noticiero that covered it, which is interesting because if you think about it, it was one. You know, a woman goes missing and not much attention is placed on, on the media. So I am a numbers person, so I like to give numbers. I will only focus in Argentina as this case occurred in Argentina. So de acuerdo a Crónica, en Argentina mataron a una mujer cada 32 horas. That equals to about 298 women being murdered in Argentina in 2020. Wow, that's a lot. Yes, 32 
Yeah, cada 32 horas. In just 2020 in Argentina, guys, just think about it. It's just in one place. 65.9 of these feminicidios ocurrieron en la casa de la víctima. 23.5 de estas víctimas fueron asesinadas con una arma blanca o so con, un, con un cuchillo. De estos casos, 11.5% fueron víctimas a manos de un familiar. That's heavy. It is. So most of that is like domestic abuse or like domestic violence? So on the ones that I put, it's not domestic. Well, in total, um, the percentages mm -hmm. that I gave you guys, it's more for like family, like family that murdered someone um, mm. because this case involves family. So it's not spouse. So it could be like... It could mm. be like a daughter, a son. Yes. Aunt, uncle, yeah. all of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I... So yeah, you're right. It could have been... So it's 298 women, but 65% of those happened at home. So in esos 65%, sí pudo, like how you said, pudo haber sido un esposo, pudo haber sido like a stranger, could have been like anyone else. But then after that, 11.5% was actually las víctimas fueron a manos de un familiar. So that 65% could have been like anyone, but 11.5% was an actual family member. Oh, okay. okay. That makes sense? That's yeah. too high. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. It's 11 you don't even feel safe in your own home at that, at that point. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it always um, so I always want to put myself in the mindset of like a woman because it's like you guys like have so much fear doing just everyday things like having to look out, watch out, like watch your backs at all times, going to the grocery store, even being at home at this one, the number 11.5%. That's a lot. Yeah, that a family member that. that a family member did this. Eleven point. So it's not even a stranger yeah. anymore. Exactly. It's somebody in your own home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, and feminicidios are like, uh, I mean, a real problem in Latin America, Mexico, Latin America, and I mean, the numbers just seem like they keep getting bigger every year. And then once you um, once you think about also like trans women that are murdered, it's like the number is so big, it's vast. Yeah, and and it and it keeps growing, and people are trying to reduce the amount of those uh, feminicidios, but it it almost feels like they're not being either being acknowledged by the pol like the police, the authorities, or even the government. So yeah. it's it, they're going to keep these matches are going to keep going on and on until yeah somebody does something about it. Something's going to have yeah. to change. It's like the police work is always shoddy, no matter what country it is. We've covered mm -hmm. cases where like the police just didn't do what they were supposed to do at every step of what they like where they mm -hmm. should have like every milestone that should have been met like oh we can't report them like as missing because not enough time is happening which that's not even a thing actually yeah or they're like oh just pay us off i did a, a case on our on our podcast of mario Eugenia, and she could have escaped at a lot of points in her capture she was captured for 20 years Wow. And she was tortured by this man for 20 years. And there were so many points where she could have gotten away, but he had bought the police. So it didn't matter. Like, they knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. and they as didn't care. That's scary. There's a price tag on it. They're like, we don't care. That's yeah. so And I think sad. that one was in Argentina too, right? Yes. That was in Ar Argentina. That's, That's scary so because it's like, then who do you trust? Like, there can't... You, you can't. You, you can't. can't trust anybody. 
especially with the public that sometimes is a little dismissive about it. It's like, I, and primarily I'm speaking on behalf of like Mexico, where sometimes like they don't take it seriously or they're like, um, oh, solo son mujeres, like they don't care. It's like very dismissive. Yeah. I was gonna I, say at I the agree. end of the day, it's always it's because it's women. That's yeah. why Which that's why sad. nobody's paying attention. It's mm-hmm. women. Like, and, and people want to say that like, oh, women just hate men. Like feminists just no. hate men, and it's like mm-hmm. I mean. They don't, but if they did, it'd be for a good reason. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's very, like, obviously, like, we're seeing in this country right now, like, there's policies that are coming out that are, like, against women. And it's like, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. And it's like that in every, it's like that in every other country. It's, it's really crazy. Focusing on the wrong thing. There's other shit that we should be worried about. And they're, like, focusing on things that, no. Yeah, exactly. They're too busy policing, like, your sexual lives, which should matter, you know? Yeah. Completely That's your agree. business, not anybody else's. Completely agree with that. Yeah. And we're, we can go off in hours in this because it's... Really? Yeah. It's so much enojo. Like, it, people, yeah. it's just yeah. so much that we're feeling, not just women, but general, in general, men, you know, everyone. It's just so much anger. And it's... Mm-hmm. Th- this needs a whole episode by itself. So, like, I'll yes. just throw you... Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the thing and the th- the thing people need to realize is I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. but this affects people that I love exactly. around me, so I need to pay yeah. attention. Just because I'm not a woman and it's not directly affecting me doesn't mean that I should not care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you're still you still have women in your life that you care about and it it's important exactly. to them, so it should be important to you. Um yes. and not dismiss the fact that oh I'm okay because I'm a man. It's like, no, at the end of the day, it starts affecting everybody around us. Well, and usually when policy changes like this happen, it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. First, it's like women's rights. And then it's interracial marriage. Mm -hmm. And then it's gay marriage. And we're married. Like, (laughs) we're married. And it's, it's, it's like one, one thing happens. And then it's like, then another, then another, then it's like, you take, you give an inch and they take a mile every time. They don't care about us. They don't care. So... Especially um, when it comes to being a minority um, and like people That's of color. That's a whole other thing on don't... top of it, huh? Yeah, that like that adds yeah, even yeah. more to the whole... Because um, at first you could think about it, it's just a wide spectrum, but it's like, no, it, it affects more to the people that are minorities that are people that are like, like people of color and like uh, people yeah. who are below the poverty levels. Like it, it starts becoming more about everyone else underneath the 1% or even the middle class. Um, that those are the people that um, is affecting a lot more than than anybody above, you know, because they have the yeah. money to do whatever they want to do. But people that are yeah. like, beneath them don't have that privilege to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of went on a similar tangent in our last episode. Literally. We had to kind of dial back. We're like, oh, okay, well, we, we like you said, like this can be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and we get mad about it. Like, we get really mad about it. <laughs> and at the same time, like, I don't like the argument of like, guys, don't get political. Like, every part of our lives is political, oh, yeah. whether we want yeah. to or not. Like, my my existence as a queer man is political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond my control. Oh yeah. yeah. Completely so, agree. Completely agree with that. To say like, to say, oh, don't get political. It's kind of impossible sometimes. It yeah. is. No, it is. <laughs> Sorry yeah. that you have that privilege. Sorry yeah. that you have that privilege that you're able to say that. Don't make it political, but I don't have that privilege. Every mm-hmm. aspect of my life is affected by it. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. sorry that I'm not like you, but like someone can decide. Not my morning. reality. Someone can yeah. decide one morning. It's like you know what? I think I'm just gonna outlaw gay marriage, and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Out of my control. 
Yeah. Now I can't get that money if I kill you. Yeah. It's like if people if people <laughs> can't get that insurance, can't collect that insurance. I'm so beneficiary. If people, if people don't like it, they could just pause or turn off the episode, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Emma Rosario Colque tenía 49 años cuando la persona menos esperada, una de las personas que me imagino ella amaba, que nunca pensó le haría daño, fue la que le quitó la vida. Emma y sus tres hijos adultos vivían en Castelar, Argentina. Uno de los hijos tenía, bueno, tiene 25 años. El más pequeño tiene 20 años. And I'm not sure how old the other son is because he really didn't mention his age in any of like the um, articles I saw. Al parecer, Daniel, who was a 20-year-old, era el consentido de Emma. He was the youngest. Era el que pasaba más tiempo en casa y le gustaba mucho jugar videojuegos. Lo describen como un remolón. Do you guys know what a remolón is? No. No. Uh, please explain. Okay. So I was like, what is this? I had to Google it. Um, un remolón es igual a una persona que es perezosa, floja o huevón. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like the Argentinian version. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. the Argentinian. Like Argentinian slang, I mean. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Remolón. So a él le gustaba, no le gustaba hacer mucho en la casa. So he was, you know, loves video games. He's a 20 year old. You know, when mom would tell him, ponte a limpiar acá, hace esto, he would get upset. Y pues tenían discusiones por esto. El día 12 de junio del 2020, so this was two years ago, los dos hijos mayores se van a, a trabajar. Y Daniel se queda pues en casa con su mamá. Cuando de repente Emma desaparece. Out of nowhere. No, nothing, okay. nothing. Yeah, out of nowhere. There's no nothing. trace, no nothing. Nothing. Wow, okay. A los hijos más grandes se le hace muy raro, ya que Emma en ese tiempo, remember, it was COVID, that was 2020, and that was in June. So yeah. that's when COVID was at its, at at its, its highest. Peak. Yeah, at its peak. So at that time, Emma's not working because she actually works limpiando casas. Entonces no estaba limpia, no estaba trabajando, so she would stay at home with, with Daniel. So a los hijos se le hacía raro. Like, pues a dónde fue? Like, she couldn't have gone to work. She probably went to the store, but she should have been yeah. back by now. Like, a dónde iría? Everything is kind of closed down. Yeah, that's exactly. true too, yeah. So where did she go? Obviously, they became very worried about their mother's whereabouts y pensaron que de actually tal que alguien la había levantado. Like kidnapped? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what they were thinking. Because there's no other explanation. In their eyes. La desaparición de Emma fue reportada el 15 de junio. So she disappeared on a Friday, el 12, y hicieron el reporte el 15, which was Monday. Daniel, el hijo de 20 años, dijo que no se acordaba de lo que había pasado ese día. Él dijo que la última vez que miró a su mamá fue en la, en la mañana, pero vecinos dijeron que they actually saw Emma en la tarde. Nothing makes sense at this point. A nadie le ¿Y sabes por qué? Oh, oh, go for sorry. It. ¿Sabes por qué esperaron tanto? No, no dijeron para, no. ¿Para reportar la pérdida? Mm -mm. Yeah, it seems Porque right. Yeah. 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 It almost feels like, you know, that whole, like, 48 hours kind of thing where it's like oh you have to wait a certain mm -hmm. amount of time before Probably. you report somebody missing but uh, still yeah, yeah, that's true. 
That, that, so weird. Which is not true. Let's just throw that out there. It's not true. If somebody goes missing for a couple hours, please call the police. Exactly. And don't let them tell you otherwise. También depende de de donde vives. ¿Cuál país? Es Argentina. Puede ser diferente, pero en los Estados Unidos, si alguien desaparece, like the police can't deny you file at least a report or something. I think like as I mean, time si goes no on. In, yeah. <laughs> I think as I mean, time si no quieren, like, as time goes on, I feel like it starts becoming it's coming to that term where it's like, no, if they're missing for a couple of hours, it's it's okay to like report them now. Mm-hmm. But before I remember right. that it was it was very <laughs> adamant that it's like mm-hmm. Oh no! You have to um, report them in forty-eight hours because they might come back. And it's like, no, bitch, they left. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y también es sospechoso que, pues igual como dijimos, like, no iría. Yeah. If everything's closed down. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think um, you're gonna say something about if the police doesn't respond. Yes, I was gonna say. I mean, if si la policía no quiere que se chingan, like you put it in any ways. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't exactly. leave. Just do anything as as much as you can just to make sure you don't leave that station without getting that report in. Yeah, and I feel right. like I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because I mean, I've heard like people going to go make a police report and they're like, no, like because they don't want to mm-hmm. just because they don't want the extra paperwork. And it's mm-hmm. like, how are you going to put somebody's life at risk because you don't want to fill out paperwork? That's so stupid. If the first 48 hours somebody goes missing is crucial, exactly. it's a number we hear over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me I can't report them missing for the first 48 hours, which are the most important that we should start doing police work. Yeah, exactly. We're looking for them. That's just, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's, they always say that the first couple of hours are the most important hours because that's where they're able to transport this person from one state to another. So it's like, you have to do your, you know, your work within the first couple of hours before they completely go missing and you don't have any more clues or um, any more evidence of where they might have gone. So I completely agree. Um, it, it's stupid, the whole not wanting to do and paperwork. That reminds me yeah. of the case. So I don't I'm, I'm just going to put it oh, out go there. For it. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. <laughs> that I don't like police. So really? I'm just going <laughs> to keep saying. <laughs> You're like, like you couldn't tell already? Tell me how you really <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. You know, we all have like our own opinions on the police, but I do agree. The police are pretty much just highlighted citizens in the community there's like they have like mm-hmm. they have the power to do whatever they need to do but they don't do shit so sorry not sorry it's <laughs> it's unsettling how much power they have and how much how like no, no balances like no checks and balances there are exactly like they they do internal like internal investigations but like the police is investigating the police like yeah, that doesn't investigating baby that doesn't make sense like it's like, like i concluded i did nothing wrong yeah. exactly it's like oh, that's a little weird it doesn't work anywhere else like that why does it work that way with the police department exactly i completely agree <laughs> that reminds me of a case i was trying to remember um we covered a couple of months ago where the little girl goes missing and the dad goes to la estación y les dice, y eso también fue during COVID, y le dicen que no pueden ir a buscarla because they didn't have enough cars, like cop cars. Yeah, I remember that oh case. Yeah, I was and like, the whole and the and the community itself was like, uh, excuse you, you, and they went out to it. look for her. Yeah, yeah. So the community was like, you know what? Fuck the police. Let's go fucking look for this kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did that and they found her. 
um, unfortunately. Yeah, they found her, yeah. sadly. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But they had to, like, figure it out on their own. Oh, no. Yeah. Because the police didn't want to do it. Entonces, algunos pensaron que a lo mejor Emma se fue de la casa, pero, like, se había escapado ella. But they didn't have any reason for it. Y, y sus pertenencias estaban en la casa. There, there was, like, nothing missing. De acuerdo al artículo del Cactus Noticias del Oeste, familiares dijeron lo siguiente. So, quote, lo único que sabemos con certeza es que ella entró a su casa, dejó la bicicleta y por algún motivo salió, pero no volvió a entrar. Al parecer, no se fue porque quiso y eso es lo que más nos preocupa. So, everyone was concerned Flyers were made with Emma's picture and information. Posts were put online. Hospitals were checked, pero los días seguían pasando y la familia no tenían respuestas. De acuerdo al noticiero Telenueve, el 18 de junio, Daniel llegó al punto donde se trató de suicidar cortándose las venas. Yes, okay, so, so this he was Thursday. Yes. So this was okay. Thursday. So Emma goes missing Friday. The report goes in on Monday, and then Daniel tries to commit suicide. It's like a whole, yeah. maybe like a whole week. After. Almost a whole week, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. That's suspicious. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay, that was mm -hmm. my thinking. Pero la familia is not gonna think that someone this close to Emma was gonna do something to hurt her. So they yeah. were thinking that Daniel estaba triste porque sentía mucho dolor y tristeza de no saber de su mamá. Mm -hmm. But, do you guys believe it? No. Mm. I mean, <laughs> we always know that there's something funky going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Something feels off and it doesn't, it, yeah. Yes. It's like, well, all of a sudden you have so much of this guilt built up. But see, so. that's the thing that you're saying that because Juana, la hermana de, de Emma, dijo que ella, entre todos estos días, ella miraba muy mal a los, a los hijos mayores. Like, la, mm -hmm. los miraban bien tristes. Like, obviously, they were, like, they were scared. They were worried. They, they were going through a lot of these emotions because they were like, what happened to my mom? Y que a Daniel mm -hmm. no se le miraba mucha emoción. Mm -hmm. So then... They see this throughout these days, like there's no emotion there, and out of nowhere on Thursday, you want to commit suicide? Daniel, en todo este tiempo, decía que no se podía acordar de lo que había pasado ese 12 de junio. O si miró algo extraño, anything out of the ordinary. El día 20 de julio, so this is a Saturday already, so this is more, a little bit over a week that Emma disappeared. Mientras las autoridades están en la casa de la familia, Daniel out of nowhere regains his memory. Okay? Out of nowhere. No, no. Yes. And what I'm about to tell you guys makes no sense because es algo que no... Lo que él empieza a decir es algo que you can never forget that this happened. Es una interacción que cuando la policía te pregunta, hey, did anything out of the ordinary happened. Like, did something happen that, you know, you know this person's routine? Like, is there anything yeah. out of the ordinary? And and for him to say, like, oh, no, everything, like, no, like, everything was fine. No me acuerdo de nada. Like, nothing stood out. You will for sure mm -hmm. report this right away unless you got hit on the head and had amnesia. Because what I'm about to tell you guys, yeah. it's like, you cannot forget it. If this happened to your mom, 
you would report this. Of course, yeah. yeah. Unless, again, I'm telling you, he got hit on the head and for- Completely God, forgot. Yes, or a concussion, something, and now, a week later, he remembered. Daniel dijo que el viernes, mientras él estaba en su cuarto jugando un videojuego en su computadora, su mamá tuvo una visita. Él describe a esta persona como alguien conocido de la familia. He didn't name, he didn't name this person. Nada más dijo que era una persona conocida. Esta persona se sienta con Emma y empiezan a hablar. De repente, Daniel escucha gritos. Emma y esta persona empiezan a, a, a tener una discusión. Están yelling at each other. Daniel deja su juego y va a chequear. Cuando se asoma, él dice que ve a esta persona con un cuchillo en la mano y le dice a Daniel que se regrese a su cuarto o si no lo mataría. Ok. okay. Oh Okay. <laughs> and they're like, fuera de lo común. Mm, no sé. Right? <laughs> There was that murder attempt. Yeah. But no. Anything that <laughs> I don't remember it. No, not, I don't remember no. nothing. And now it's like, that's what I'm I don't remember you. this. How can you forget this? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But. Well, it sounds like he had time to think about it and make up a story. A whole week, basically. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let me He was ask... too lazy to do it right away. So he, <laughs> he, he waited a whole yeah. week. He was too busy exactly. probably playing video games, right? Because yeah. that was his pain. <laughs> what was he playing? I don't know. <laughs> I, this... He's like, that's the real question. What was so important that he had to play? But no, hold on. Let me ask you guys this. If you were Daniel, I hope you guys are never placed in this situation. But if you were Daniel, what would you do? After hearing and seeing a person in your home with a knife and your mom is in that house, what would you guys do? So let me ask you, D, what would you do? I would literally go after that man or do something, fight for my life. I would not just go back to my room and play video games. Okay, then um, Kevin, Andres, what would you guys do? Well, first I would pause my game because clearly I'm so entertained by it that I'm like, oh, no, this is serious. And I would, like you said, I would fight them off or something. Yeah. Yeah, same here. If it was my mom, I'd be ready to go. I mean, I might not survive, but I don't care at that point. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just go full on fight mode. Right? Yep. It would mm -hmm. do anything. Right? Just like you said, even if we get hurt, we don't care. We're going to do something to protect yeah. our mom. The family, yeah. Yes. <laughs> este cabrón, I'm sorry. Este cabrón, se, he sees this man. This man tells them, go inside your room or I'll kill you. He goes back in his room and continues playing his video games. Oh my god. That's infuriating. How? <laughs> no. I wish I was lying. I wish I would knew what the police's reaction to that was. was I like, know. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> right? No. Even the siblings. Exactly. Even the siblings. Knowing like, the police, they were like, all right, case closed. It's like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> Great. They knew. Police like, work done. <laughs> but even still, like, the siblings, like, what... What would the they like, think about that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, they didn't really say anything else about like, how the siblings reacted. They really haven't given out any more information from that. And it's been two years. Right, But, you said because yeah. it wasn't really covered or anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As much as it should have been. Exactly. Yes. I was like shocked, just like you guys, when I heard this. I was like, how? Like, even if you're scared, like, let's say, okay, you see this man, he's out there with a knife. Even if you're if you're scared, you go back in that room and call the police. Like if for some reason mm -hmm. you don't have a knife or you can't protect, I don't know, in your head. I mean, obviously in all of our minds, we will be like, fuck this. Who cares? I'm going to go and I'm going to protect my mom. I'll do whatever it takes. But 
he said he was too scared to do anything. So I'm like, even if you're so scared, call the police. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Something... Like out of all the options he, yeah. he could have done, he chose to do nothing. Exactly. He chose exactly. to go back to his room and play video games. Yeah. Exactly. So there's more in Daniel's story. So he said, Please, girl, tell me. Oh, tell me. Spill the tea. <laughs> Yes. So he continues to play. And then he says that during when he's playing, he hears a noise coming from his backyard. But he continues to play. No se asoma. He doesn't check through the window. He doesn't go check what is this noise. Dice que porque tenía miedo. Okay. Yes. Una persona que tiene miedo no decide seguir jugando mientras tu mamá está afuera with a, with a person with a, a knife on his hands. Mm-hmm. So he just, he's all like, I hear noises. I ignored it. And when he finally decides to come out, mom is gone. Damn. And then he went back to his game. Apparently. <laughs> Mom's not home. Mom's not She'll home. She'll be yeah. back. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. That is so sad. Yeah, it is. How did he forget to mention these details? Not to, not to invalidate people like with like trauma, like with things that have happened like this. But this just like sounds really weird, just strange. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, in a not weird situation, like, yeah, it's probable that sometimes people like freeze with situations like that. Very true. No, definitely. The the circumstances do not add up though. And the fact that the I guess the whole video game situation, it's like, okay, if if you were genuinely scared and in fear, why would your first option just be I mean, if you were frozen there and just couldn't move, it's fine. But you had enough energy to like go and play video games. And mm-hmm. it's like yep. that's kind of the odd part where it's like it's not the fact that, you know, you reacted to fear, um, in a more natural way it's like that you switched it into a more unnatural way where you decided Mm -hmm. to do something else that was more entertaining than like check out where your mom went or what happened to your mom and if that man was still in the house or anything it's like no your first reaction was to just play video games and just the way like you reacted like couldn't remember then try to complete suicide and then remembered it seems very like ncis like very tv show Mm -hmm. like very surreal just very straight like a plot line out of a tv show like not real life yeah Mm -hmm. so las autoridades like you guys were saying like what were what was i'm i'm like you guys like i'm thinking what are like i was wondering what is like the police's reaction in that moment when he's telling them all of this, right? Like, what are they actually thinking? Like, I'm assuming they're not believing him. So, ellos se van, deciden, after all of this, they deciden ir al backyard to, like, start continuing investigating and, like, see what's, you know, is there anything? I mean, he just said that he heard noises from the backyard, so let's go check. So, when they're in the backyard, they notice that there's que hay un pedazo de tierra movida. Like someone had just moved the the dirt. So they decide to start digging. Daniel knows he's about to get caught. So this is when he admits to murdering his mother. Wow. Yeah. Emma 
es encontrada enterrada en the backyard of her house con tres puñaladas en su cuerpo. Oh, wow. So he stuck a knife in her. Yeah, he stabbed her. Do you That's know, very personal. Do we know if it was like, do we know if it was like in front, like were they face to face or was it like he caught her by surprise type of thing? So, dijeron que, lo único que dijeron was that las heridas las tenían la cabeza y en el tórax. Okay. Oh, so chest. Yeah. I'm trying to remember chest if area. that was it. Yes, yeah, it was there, yeah. I was trying to remember, yeah, it was there y en la cabeza. That's all they said. They didn't say, see, yeah, so I, I don't know. They didn't say anything like, was she surprised? Did she fight? They haven't really released any of that information. But yeah. the, even the 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 fact that she, that he stabbed her in her head and in her chest just shows the amount of anger that he had mm -hmm. towards her. Seems very personal. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems very personal. Like, because if you do it with like a you know a, a firearm it's like more like quick and added but multiple she stabbings. suffered yeah yeah it's it's very personal i'm just i'm hoping that i will continue like looking more into this case and see if anything comes up it's been two years but really there hasn't been much after all of this but i'm just hoping that it wasn't that he did this just because la mama was like nagging him to clean your room do this like stop playing video games i'm hoping it wasn't that what made him upset to do this mm. like they're but at the same time it's like we don't really we can't live in somebody's head and understand what why they did it i mean because sometimes kids hold well not kids i mean you personally should you know know a little bit more about this when it comes to kids and mental health but um For, like, if I put myself in that situation, it's like, what angers you to the point that you need to, that you feel the need to stab your own mother? Like, what drives you to have that much anger built up in order for you to do that? And it's like, it, it seems impossible because right? yeah. they're holding on to so much anger, not only about what they kept nagging them about, but of so much more in the past that could probably force them that? to do that. Or if it wasn't like that, just like quick something, action. something big must have happened. Yeah. Like what? Po what possibly could, like you said, push him to that point? Like was yeah. it one big event, or was it multiple little mm -hmm. events that build up? Yeah, I think that's what we're all kind of hoping. I mean, nothing should lead someone to. It doesn't justify killing someone, right? But it's exactly. we're hoping that it's not something just because oh se enojó porque la mamá lo estaba regañando and he's all like, oh, I'm just gonna get over with and kill her. We're hoping it's not something like that because then it's like okay if you don't like your mom senseless. yeah if you don't like your mom yelling at you then do the shit that she's asking you to do. Don't go and kill her. But it's I don't know. I mean, something I know we wish we can get into their minds just to understand. Um, I'm hoping. Because si lo quieren evaluar, dijeron que lo iban a evaluar, un psiquiatra lo iba a evaluar. Porque de acuerdo a TN, quieren saber si Daniel sufre de esquizofrenia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So there might be more. Does he have, like, warning signs about it? They didn't say anything regarding that. They just, I mean, okay. for someone to be like, okay, we gotta, die, you know, assess him to see if he is schizophrenic, it's because maybe they saw something. Yeah. Or they're just That's trying to rule out all the possible causes. Exactly. Yeah. 
um, los hijos, los grandes, fueron los que reconocieron el cuerpo de su madre. So I can't even imagine what they felt in that moment. Yeah, especially to try to identify your mother mm -hmm. in the way that they did. It, it, that sounds tragic. Yeah. Well, they probably looked for her in who knows how many places, and she was like 20, 30 steps away backyard. the whole time. So, oh, God. Yeah. That's the most sad part. It's like they they look everywhere and, and like try to search for her, and it was crazy how it was in her backyard mm -hmm. where she was buried. It's It's sad. And then your mind always wanders to like, if we had noticed right away, maybe if we would have dug mm -hmm. her out, she would have still been alive. And it's like, it's very, it's a very stressful and frustrating time when you find out that like this person was so close and maybe you could have done something. I mean, doesn't mean that that's fact. Maybe she died immediately. We don't know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's, it's something that's going to sit with them for a really long time. Yeah. Like what else they could have done to like, hopefully save her. Right. But do you know if he has like a trial date or if they've like formally charged him for it? <clears throat> so What's he was having? just uh, arrested. Um, that's all there yeah. is. That's all the information out there. There's no other information on like his sentence, like what he received, what's been going on. On all of the articles, it was like he was arrested and they're going to be evaluating him. And that's it. En la entrevista con el noticiero Telenueve, Tony Coleman, who is a, a periodista, declaró que Daniel tiene problemas mentales, pero no los que justifiquen el matar a alguien. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're thinking maybe, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, because he didn't go in detail, I'm assuming he's thinking like, by that statement, the way that I took it was, he is probably going through like some maybe depression or maybe there's like PTSD. There's something there, but not enough to be like. Like that he's, that's justifiable to kill somebody. Yeah, that's what he said. Having that type of mental health. Yeah, that's what oh. he said. Um, I saw, I was trying to figure, you know, I found out that he's a periodista. So I don't know what the actual psychiatrist or psychologist would say in their, in their report. Yeah, pero este fue el caso de Emma Rosario Colque. Yeah. Any thoughts? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting at, at the fact that they're trying to do all these um, psychological tests on him to figure out if he is schizophrenic, um, but also the fact that they ruled out the ruled out that he doesn't have that many, I guess traits uh, mentally wise to commit murder is interesting it kind of contradicts both of them mm -hmm. uh, both yeah. of the sides like okay so is he schizophrenic does that count as having the ability to to not to get check out of reality and like commit murder um, but then the court is saying like he doesn't qualify because he doesn't have these qualifications well the periodist in said order that. for him yeah So, oh, yeah, the, it, that, yeah, 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 he said it. So the court is trying to see if there is anything else. So we'll just have yeah, to wait. I don't think, I don't think um, a schizophrenic diagnosis necessarily means that they're capable of killing. Because, I mean, there's hundreds of people that have, have been diagnosed with schizophrenia and don't go on murder sprees or don't, like, no. crack over whatever pushed him to do that. Yeah, I agree with that. But also we have to, like, if we think about it, like, it depends also how long he's been 
schizophrenic and how long like the you know they, they have like yeah mm-hmm. the severity of, of, of his case because what if yeah. he has like some sort of like disconnect with reality um mm-hmm. but also like i don't know yeah it's interesting hallucinations or delusions like we don't know if those played in like did he think he was doing something else and then actually ended yeah. up killing his mom or was he hearing voices telling him oh tienes que matar a tu mamá or si no we're gonna kill you because you know they could hear all these voices and that's what can cause them to react this way so it, yeah that's why they're trying to figure out like was it is it because he has this or is there something else going going on so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that something comes out soon because it's been two years well yeah that's i mean i don't know how the judicial system works in argentina but uh, <laughs> yeah. i want answers right yes <laughs> exactly i want justice for that lady mm-hmm. i know especially because like she she was just being a mom you know he wasn't like mm-hmm. at least from the outside it doesn't look like she was being abusive in any way she was just asking for the bare minimum and yeah. um her son just decided to go on a rampage. It's so sad. So, hug your mom's guys extra tight. Yeah. Hug your loved ones. Because you know, even if a kid is like very socially isolated and distant, doesn't mean that he's okay. You know. Also get get those kids some help if if they if they if they're too isolated and and um, mm-hmm. you know yeah. they Check might be going through friends. something. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Check in on your friends and family members. I know whenever mental health issues come out in our cases, we always, you know, talk about this. Um, It's okay to ask for help. If you're noticing anything, there's people out there who we really do want to, we offer the help and we really do want to help as many as we can. So, si hay alguien, you know, refer them to therapy, help them get that support because the help is out there. Yeah. yeah, and, and you know you're not alone. Um, there's people out there that care. Um, and as you all know, uh, we have a very special guest with us uh, in this episode. So the second half of this episode is going to be uh, Andres and Kevin talking about a couple of spooky things uh, that are happening, and 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 quite a few stories that um, will hopefully intrigue you guys uh, to listen to their podcast and, um, and you know, enjoy another uh, Latin, Latinx uh, podcast and, and enjoy their um, streaming um, and episodes. So, uh, yeah. They're really cool. want to go ahead and, they're funny. And, and take it away. Yeah. I know, they're super funny. <laughs> they're Thank hilarious. You. So, well, you guys follow them. Uh, they're, really, they're really cool. So, you guys better follow them. I know. Thank you. Well, welcome to the So Violento So Macabro podcast. Uh, we're here, we're two married guys, and we're going to share stories about paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. That's usually what Ooh. we do. I'm Andres. And I'm Kevin. And we're we're just here. We're just living life. and um, yeah. We have like a variety of cases that we cover. Um, we do mix in like true crime and like, like you said, urban legends. Um, but we kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it because it, it has a mixture of things. Like there's different aspects that like definitely ties you back in into, into the, you know, all these cases. And the fact that you guys still like keep it um, relevant with your topics and, and, and talk about like real issues also within each 
mm-hmm. episode is is also very intriguing. And I like that also you put like a little bit of spice of like your own married life in it. It makes it a little bit more personal. <laughs> I really enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> we are very entertaining. Well, thank you. You're very entertaining. I'm like driving Definitely. and listening to you guys and I'm like laughing. I'm like, oh man. So you know that like me- that meme where it's like it's a girl and she's laughing next to a poster of two girls laughing and it says uh, this is me listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> you guys are too nice. Both of you are so nice. Thank you. Well, yeah, well, we like so keep keep saying more stuff. Keep, episodes, keep praising us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the way we set up our episodes are like we kind of flip back and forth each month. Um, about who starts but one of us shares in the middle of it we have kind of like an intermission that we call a palate cleanser because uh, mm-hmm. sometimes our cases are like a little like heavy on They're, the topic yeah we try to put in a little like you said like personal flair to spice things up kind of make it less either less scary or less like fucked up i guess right yeah um, i and get then it the next person goes so yeah oh, i get like it that's a- oh no no go ahead oh yeah. sorry uh so, like, my favorite palate cleanser that we ever talked about was when I meant that episode that I mentioned um, Mexican moms or, like, Hispanic moms, Latinx moms that, like, or parent that make arroz con leche in a pan that they've made chile before. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why would you do that to like, us? Why is it spicy? <laughs> <laughs> why is this sweet arroz con leche spicy? <laughs> yeah. Or pancakes. Oh, Kevin's yeah. had a situation with pancakes. pancakes. And I'm just like, baby what are you doing or the licuados when they like <laughs> yes. when they make like chile and i'm just like ooh, this uh mm-hmm. this licuado is a little you know it's gonna get your metabolism mm-hmm. up it has it's a little gonna, extra in it it's gonna open up your sinuses oh, yeah. Yeah. it's like i want a strawberry Definitely. banana that's i want a strawberry banana not chilequiles <laughs> that's hilarious chile rojo bananas. that's funny because like um with my mom she ended up because she has like these two on the meten like for the licuados and for the chile so she ended up just putting like a marker on one of them so that we know one of them is for the chile and one of them is for the licuados because exactly like we've had some instances we've had instances where my you're getting the same and, thing. and you're like ugh no <laughs> so my mom, my mom had like never. my mom had like one of those little bullet like blunders and she did the same oh, exact yeah. thing mm-hmm. one of them was like all like you could you could literally open it and it just Smell. smells like chew yeah. it and then the other one's like okay this is fine you could use this for like yeah. shakes yeah. or like whatever protein powder shakes or whatever but yeah it my mom did the same thing and it was amazing <laughs> I was my like, mom could so never considerate. all of her all of her dishes are Bintz's house and so they're a little more expensive <laughs> yes, yes so she couldn't like afford to get another one so she could do that and, yeah. I mean, that's something that's very, like, across the board in all households. Like, yeah. princess house dishes. Like, oh they my all... God. What? I have no idea. You've you, never heard of that before. Had it? My mom... My mom has, like, the same dishes she's had for, like, 20 years. They're probably princess what? house. <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> that's that, that's so right funny. <laughs> it's funny because my mom has them. And she had them all in boxes. Like, in our cabinets. And my dad was like, what are all these boxes? Like, what is this? And my mom comes out and it's like a dish, a cup, 
um, and like those platter serving ones. And my dad's like, "What? Why do you have all of these things like in boxes?" He's like, "Oh, it's because son like the princess house. Like they, it's on the crystal. So I'm not quebrar." And like, my, yeah. And I'm like, people, special occasions. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mom, you have these and you don't use them. So just recently, she started um, using these glass cups of the princess house one or whatever, and she literally treats them like gold so like she doesn't let anybody wash them she has to wash them she's the one that's putting them like in a specific area so they don't break <laughs> i'm like what the hell mom she's like es que son de cristal. and i'm like okay fine whatever oh my but yeah God. we I love our moms we love them <laughs> no me agarres ese vaso no agarres ese vaso de plástico yeah. agarra de plástico yeah. cuando, yeah. Ten cuando tengamos fiesta usa ese ahorita yeah. no yeah. Yeah. It's like a Lego. It's like a Lego oh cup you got from McDonald's. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love those cups. <laughs> or like did you your moms ever like have like the pans and everything on the oven? Like inside yeah. the oven? We I do that. He gets um, so mad because I do that. I mean, I don't think my mom I think she does. I won't say does. yes. I won't say does. yes. But I try not to. Yeah. He gets so I'm, like, I'm trying to cook a pizza I and then it. I open it and it's like five pans. I'm like, Hello? I do it. And we have to take everything. I still do it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, Mom, you have storage space. Like, why do you need to put them inside the oven? And they it's don't a listen. Thing. It's a thing. Because it keeps them fresh. It keeps them fresh. Like, when the cocina's in a pan, you leave the little, the little grasita on there. It's like seasoning for the next time it's you cook seasoning. on it. <laughs> That's how we run into the situation of the chilaquiles. Of the chile. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's, it's like, called flavor <laughs> yeah flavor. it's flavor right these are types of things we like to talk about because they seem to be like a very shared experience no matter yeah. if your parents were dominican if they're mexican if they're puerto rican and it's like it's like things that happen in all of our households it's crazy it's yeah. like we have yeah. so many people send us messages on instagram and stuff that are like oh my god it's like you guys grew up with me and i'm like girl we're, we're cousins basically somos yeah. primos yeah that's what we yeah. call that's I mean, why you say primas. Everybody. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a it. lot of our listeners, we know them as primos, primas, and primes because, I mean, it's we just... have like this shared experience sometimes when it's yeah. like. Yeah. It's like one of those things <laughs> where they're like, Latinos don't have like a unique experience. Like we all kind of basically live the same life. Uh, yep. Either some shared experiences or like things that our parents did or, or things that you grew up doing. Um, uh, and it's pretty it, it's funny and it also makes it very a very shareable experience especially when you come across other latinos um anywhere and you're like oh yeah start having conversations yeah. about childhood or like something that your mom did or something that your you know your dad did or or, or something that like brings that into like fruition and you're just like oh we did the same thing like it's a unique experience yeah. mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's like, very like how you said like did your parents have, or did your mom have uh, the princess brand cookware or were you normal? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. actually, um, let me just say that if you don't have princess house cookware, you're probably not normal. Oh, that's what that's it is. That's not exactly. a thing. Yeah, that's the not. the other way around. <laughs> but did, yes. did your grandma have, like, did your, grandma ha did your grandma have a collection of precious moments or are you normal? Yes. <laughs> or did your, 
or did your mom have like uh those calendars that they gave you from like the bakery or the auto um the supermarket oh yeah with the little yeah. paisaje and then it had the calendar in the bottom or from the buffet chino they <laughs> love oh, nice. the buffet chino yes. they give them sometimes they, they yes. fucking love those calendars oh, yeah. the ones oh, yeah. that roll up uh-huh. is it the, the little scroll yep. yeah it's in cantonese but they got that shit hung up oh, in the yeah. kitchen yeah Somewhere. my grandma had those in mexico like my uncle gave her one and like ever since then like they would send her those all the time and i'm like what are these what are they like yeah i'm like do you understand <laughs> what it says it's no, like I mean, bonito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or the worst one the one that's uh, that would always get me upset the cookie one the blue like the blue what was it called those really good cookies i'm trying to remember what they oh, were the ones called. that are giving around christmas time yeah like the yeah, little uh-huh. like like Danish cookies yes I don't know that happened to you guys like se acababan y los llenan con para coser like knickknacks supplies yeah and then you over here see the box and you get all excited like oh the cookies and then you open and it's like yeah thanks thanks my grandma had that yeah my grandma had like many boxes at least like 20 I would say under her bed so I made it a mission yeah I made it a mission it's like one of them has to have cookies so I, like one day out of the week when she wasn't there, yeah, I would just kind of scroll through and was like, one of them has to, like that uh, TikTok sound, like, where is it? What is it? Oh my gosh. I also like to talk about, or sometimes we talk about, you know, like, we're children of immigrants and our parents are traumatized and they have emotions and things that they haven't dealt with. Some of them are um, emotionally immature. And it's not because they wanted to harm us, but it was they were doing the best that they could with what they knew. And so a lot of us are traumatized. And we, I mean, we kind of bring that up as well because it's an issue that is very, I would feel very common in our communities. And so, I mean, there's things that we, we kind of get personal and talk about them as well, more so me than Kevin, but, um, and then depression and how it just doesn't really exist in like Latinx or Hispanic households and things like that. And you know, just sprinkle some of that in there. Or that so they argue it doesn't exist. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I recently went to Mexico last. Well, I went last year, and I had to. Uh, my aunts would see me taking my uh, antidepressant um, every night, and they would like, "What is that? What, what medicine? Are you sick?" And I'm like, "Um, it's for my depression slash anxiety." And they're like that doesn't exist and I was like um actually it does and I've been depressed for years and never really understood it and like it opened up this conversation about depression and anxiety and I realized um that my one of my aunts was really anxious like she was a very anxious person and she's a anxious eater so I was like oh so that's where I get it from <laughs> like mm-hmm. I eat when I'm anxious and they just didn't my have the resources to figure it out yeah or they didn't know yeah. the name of it sometimes Exactly. And, and, um, and we started opening the conversation and I told her that I go to a therapist every, every week and I talk about stuff and like, I've, it helped me a lot, especially with my anxiety and stuff. So it even like kind of pushes my own family to even, um, search for help, which is, um, it's something good to know that like our generation is slowly like, you know, breaking down that stereotype of, Oh no, vas a ir a terapia porque no estás loca or something like that. Um, the yeah. whole loca thing uh, or loco is like 
it, it, it's it, we're slowly ripping that apart because it's it's a very unhealthy way of thinking as a yeah. as Latinos. We can refer them to I me. I think my mom. <laughs> yes, instead of your way. I think like the point that my mom really understood, like what drove it home for her, is I. I mean, basically this thing that I saw online that was like, "Te enfermas del hígado, te enfermas de la vesícula, te la quitan, te enfermas de los órganos." Like, el cerebro es un órgano. Like, también se enferma. And it's like, why do you guys try to pretend like it doesn't exist? It's just mm-hmm. another organ getting, or something, you know, there's something off about it. Just yeah. like how you take medication for anything else in your body. And I'm like, why Why is it that it doesn't exist for you guys? Um, and then just really talking about, like, having the conversation of, like, I don't want to say that your life wasn't hard. But, like, for me, I have constant pressure that I'm not good enough, that I never mm-hmm. finished college, that I'm not going to have a house to live in, it, that this job market's not going to hire me. And I'm like, you didn't really have to worry about that. Like our struggles are different. The yeah. world that you prepared me for isn't like the actual world. Like you prepared me for like something that you went through and like, I'm going through a completely different thing. Like I'm trailblazing basically. Yeah. I completely understand so. that. But anyways, oh, okay. We took me somewhere. I was like thinking. I'm like, oh man. Like, I'm trying my best like, not to start seriously? like. I'm like, so tell me how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm gonna go into my therapy <laughs> mode. Like my. Yeah, she's in work mode. She's in work mode. Oh, like, you gonna start in fucking. She's gonna start invoicing you guys. So <laughs> watch out. It's been ten minutes, so you guys got forty more minutes. I'm kidding. Sorry, like my mind. I was like over here thinking. I was like thinking. I'm like, oh man. Like I was. Sorry, my, my my therapist role. I put mm-hmm. on that hat right now for like five minutes. So, yes, continue. <laughs> no, I appreciate like, that. Like, it's a very cool job to have, and especially like you have a very different perspective from other therapists that may not have had your experiences as a child of an immigrant. So, I think you would be able to be a good resource for, I guess, people like us. Oh, thank you. I agree with that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate because you have a that. different Let's perspective. See. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I have actively started looking for a therapist to talk about these things. Um, and I'm specifically looking for a Latinx person or a Hispanic person just because they have the cultural reference to kind of get what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think that's really important when looking for a therapist as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know how you feel about it, Ali, but uh, I, you could probably give some expertise on that and kind of shed some light on it. Yeah, it's um, you can see the change when... You know, someone's just talking to you and you, you're able to relate. Obviously, I'm not going to like sit there and make it about me, right? There's, It's the clients, their therapy, it's their treatment. But just being able to just connect in that, right? Especially because even in the Latino um, family, in the Latino community, this whole thing of like family is always first. Family always comes first. So if family hurts you, if family does something to you, you have to learn how to forgive them, right? It's... When it's a stranger and they hurt you, you're like, okay, I, I can let go of that relationship, right? It's easy to let go. But when it's family, it's almost like I've noticed in a lot of conversations, not just with my clients, but just in general, it's that whole thing. Like, it's that pressure and fear of letting go of some family like relationship because we have this idea that no family is forever. Tengo que aguantarme. It's everything. Yeah. So we, we have to learn how to let go of those relationships, too, because family can be toxic. Mm-hmm. They can be unhealthy. So just being able to, you know, just 
be for people to be able to talk about that, right? And being able to understand that. It's just I I love the work that I do. So I'm I'm glad, you know, that I'm I'm in this field and just being able to be in this field, like you said, like a Latina and being able to have sessions in Spanish and in English and connect with people. I I love the work that I do. So yeah. A, a queen. Yes. A queen. So, <laughs> and that's, yeah. And that's kind of what I mean. That's kind of what I mean. You, that you have that unique perspective. Porque alguien que no tiene las mismas experiencias no lo tomaría tan serio. Like they'd be like, true. Okay, just cut them off. Just cut them exactly. off. Like, like, mama, you so don't easy. get it. Yeah. No, I, I've definitely heard of like people going to a therapist that gave them good advice but didn't have the cultural reference. So it ended up yeah. like the it backfired basically, and it ended up worse than if. And then they switched to like a Latina and then it, they gave them for their situation, give them more helpful advice or, yeah. or, you know, just like help them talk through their situation with the cultural reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. But we don't want to drag it down. That's how we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here today. I'm over here so, trying to get referrals. Here, I'm over here trying to get referrals and you guys are cutting me <laughs> off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So we're here to talk about Nahuales. Have you guys heard of these before? Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've never heard of these. Honestly. So, what what do you know? You tell me what like kind of like maybe what you've heard growing up or like what like what situations like has it come up in? Okay, so my dad is from uh, Pachuca Hidalgo and um it's according to my family, at least my dad um and my uncles have told me about it is that it's uh it's basically a shapeshifter right or am i wrong mm -hmm. yeah no, so right. it's yeah. so according well at least in my in my dad's pueblo um there would know that they would they live close to a mountain where there is a lot of uh gold a lot of money buried and buried like gold and jewelry and stuff in the in the cerros and it was like a very aztec area or whatever and according to legend is that around the pueblo there would be a lot of shapeshifters so it would be it would usually for them it was like brujas so they, that's what they're known uh, for in their area um that's what i was gonna and, ask you was there like yeah. a lot of like usually there's a lot of like fireballs around yes. the cerros that are reported yeah. okay yeah. yeah that's like very common in areas like yeah. that so my dad said that when he was growing up, he actually went to, uh, to they were going to cross the little mountain to go to another town to party when they were young. And he says that they needed to come back before midnight or else they would see the balls of fire jumping from set mm -hmm. to set or like going around in circles yeah. and stuff. So uh, I love those stories. And I actually went when I went to Mexico, I um, I went close to the mountains and my aunts told me the whole story about the same thing. So to me, it's fascinating. I love hearing like stories about stuff like that because it's like it seems so far fetched, but also like there's some mystery in there. So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you a follow up question to that. So like Kevin and I have talked about on the podcast that like my parents, when they're here, they're from Durango. Um, mm -hmm. But when they're here, like, they're like, esos cosas no pasan, like, you know, yeah. like, oh, whatever. But when yeah. we go to Mexico, it's, they're very superstitious. All of a sudden, they're very superstitious. Yeah. Like, with like they don't play around. owls, they don't play around, right? Yeah. And so to me, too, like, the vibe that you get when you're in Mexico does feel, it's like, it's almost mystical. Like, there's it energy. It shifts. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it almost I feels like those agree. things that we talk about. Right. It feel almost feels like those things that we talk about that are just like bedtime stories and scary stories are, are almost real. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they could they could happen right in front of you. Yeah. So. And I have many stories of that. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Coming yeah. another we're going to invite. We're going to be doing a lot That's of that. Oh, yeah. One on, pol- no, one on politics, one on D stories. And, <laughs> oh, we can, oh, we can do this forever. Uh, yeah, we oh, can yeah. go on and on. Oh, um, with our, but yes, with our podcast. I, I... <laughs> no, go um, ahead. You're good. You're good, Denise. Okay, so uh, the... Uh, Oh, yeah. So I always felt like as soon as you cross the border, there's a very quick shift on like what like mystical is, Um, especially when I go back to uh, my where my dad's from, because that's where I spent most of my uh, summers at. And um, it, it was weird because I would always feel more like connected to the energy that was there like at least when i'm here in the states i I feel more relaxed like nothing's bothering me but whenever i'm in mexico it always feels like something magical can happen whether it's uh, a spirit like sensing that there's a spirit around or any kind of well i'll i'll be honest like the whole Yorona thing um, kind of sort of happened to me when I was in Mexico. No, um, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ma'am. Oh, no. I swear. Did you hear her? So, uh, huh? Oh, Did yeah. Did you hear her? Yeah. Oh, my God. Same here. Okay, okay. okay yeah. Quickly, tell me yourself. Okay, let's compare stories. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, really? I know? <laughs> yeah, right now. Okay. Let's do this. So we're just going to... So okay, okay. So, <laughs> so when I was in Mexico, uh, it was actually Lupita's birthday. And um, I wanted to do something special for her. And um, I was going to text her right at midnight telling her happy birthday. Oh, it's my and that fault. Me and, me and my... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to text her and be like, oh, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we went to my un- my uncle's house. My uncle lives um, in the Pueblo. He lives like on like a cerro going up the, the, the mountain. And I was like... We had gone to a party and I was completely tired. I was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And my cousin was like, yeah, we'll, we'll go home. So we ended up getting in my uncle's car and they took us to the house. And um, as soon as I got to the house, for some reason, I was full of energy. Like I was like, oh, like I'm going to start like it was like back when like MySpace was a, th- was a thing. So I was like, I'm going to look at my MySpace. I'm going to do this. I'm going to check my messages. Blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, my cousin knocks out and I was like, okay, fine. I'll turn off the lights. I'll put everything like away. Like I'm just going to lay down and see if I'm going to go to sleep. I turn everything off. I put on my headphones and uh, on her iPod. And I was like listening to music and trying to go to sleep and nothing was happening. And the next thing I know, it was like one o'clock, two o'clock, still awake. And then like 2.50, I, I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm just going to go on uh, on the on the iPod and start going on the internet. So I was doing that. And out of nowhere, I just hear a whole bunch of dogs start howling. And it was weird because I've never heard that many dogs howl all at once. So they were all howling and barking. And then as time went on, like... You just heard them, like, barking, but, like, in fear. Almost like if they were scared of something. 
And I was like, that's weird. I've never heard them that way, especially where my uncle's from, because he only has two dogs and they were on the roof because, you know, over there, the dogs are on the roof. So, <laughs> so they were on the roof. And but this time it felt it, it sounded like there was like dogs everywhere, like across from us, down the road, up the hill. Like it all sounded like there were all of them were just chiming at the same time. I was like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. I'm going to ignore it. And then right at three o'clock, I start hearing this lady walking up the hill, like right by where, where we, cause ours is like in the corner. So she was walking up the hill and where I was laying, uh, where I was in the bedroom, it was like on this side of the road. So I heard somebody come up the road on this side and all I just heard was somebody crying. And I was like, that's weird. Why is somebody crying at three in the morning? Um, and there were how like kind of like you know like when you go when you see those movies about people that are like mourning death like that it's like ski- like like they're doing it with like their whole chest basically that's how it sounded like they were like crying in agony and I was like what's going on who is crying this badly at three in the morning and it's a Saturday so I'm like something must have happened so I was like okay fine whatever I'm gonna ignore it. And next thing I know, the dogs are howling even louder and louder. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Whatever, I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. (laughs) And I was tossing and turning, trying to go to sleep. And then it stopped. And then at 3.30, it happened again. But louder. The dogs were going even crazier. Like nuts. And then I heard um, the lady walking on where I was at. Where I was by the window that we were at. And she was crying again, but like it sounded louder and closer. And it almost sounded like towards the end of the cry, it almost sounded like a cackle, like almost like they were laughing. Whoa. Did you see her? No. She knew you were listening, so she's like, ha ha ha. I would have yeah. popped, yeah, popped my head out the window. Hell no. If Stop. anything has told, if, if I learned anything from horror movies is don't look at what's out there. Don't, don't mm-hmm. check. <laughs> she so, would have pulled you out the window and took, to, took you to the river and drowned you too. Exactly. So um, the point is I heard her really close. And then at the last moment when I heard her cry again, I just heard her laugh. Like she was like, cackling like a witch kind of laugh and i was just like nope oh, no i was like nope i'm done i'm done i put on um my the headphones and i blasted who knows what and i just started to pray and i laid there because i was frozen in fear i couldn't move like i felt that terrified like the whole time i couldn't move imagine you open and, your eyes um, and she's like right next to you oh my god that <laughs> and um yeah, exactly. And then um, that happened. I fell asleep right exactly as I started to pray. Like I prayed, like I think like three or four. Uh, uh, I think it was like I don't even know what I prayed, but I prayed something, and um, and I prayed it, and then I fell asleep, and almost like magic at seven in the morning, exactly at seven in the morning, I wake up. And I wake up and I start bawling my eyes out. And my cousin's like, hey, what happened? Like, are you okay? What, What's going on? Like, did you have a nightmare? Blah, blah, blah. And I told her the whole story. And she just turns white. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I heard this. This happened. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, 
I'm going to go call my grandma. Hold on. I'll be back. And my aunt comes in the room and she's like, what happened? I tell her the whole story. And then she's like, ay, mija, like, eso está, like, you were sleeping. Like, it's like, whatever. Like, she was blowing it, was it off. Dream. And I was like, yeah. And I was just like, and I, to- and I, I was in tears and I was like telling my cousin, this wasn't a dream. Like, it wasn't a dream. And then my uncle comes in the room and he's like, what happened? And I told him the story. And then he just kind of like looked kind of like, like, okay, like, should I tell her? Should I not? And he didn't end up telling me anything. That night, I couldn't go to sleep. I had gone back to my grandma's house and I couldn't go to sleep. And then the next day they took me to the to the local doctor in the Pueblo. And uh, and because I was checking my uh, blood pressure because it would drop because of the of where we were located at. And he told me, he's like, what's wrong? What are you, what's wrong with you? Because you don't look like your normal self. And I told him the story. And then he just, you could just see like shock in his face. And I was like, why isn't nobody telling me what's going on? He was like, I'm just going to tell you to like, just drink these teas, relax. You're going to be fine. If it happens again, come back. And I was like, okay. So... Nothing ever happened after that. But, como dice um, my dad, Pueblo Chico, Infierno Grande. <laughs> and yeah. he said the rumor was crossing all around the pueblo saying that I saw La Llorona, that she was like calling me over and she was wearing this white gown or whatever. Oh Everything God. was lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Are you the drama? Are you the drama? I, I am the drama. I think I'm the drama. I think you are. And then, <laughs> and then uh, when I come back, I told us the same story to a group of my cousins, and one of my cousins just started crying. And I was like, "What's mm-hmm. wrong?" And she was like, "I've seen her too." And I was like, Oof, "What do you mean?" Was she was like, "She was like, I. She lived right across the church." Um, of the pueblo and she's like yeah like she haunt me for like a whole week um she would cry oh by my God. door for a whole does week does she not does she not have anything better to do i guess like, not does, <laughs> she, does she not have a job like can she go somewhere Strong else children. girl just likes to be Disculpa, fucking señora, crying no over go buy any dress <laughs> no se nadar señora he no meant se swim nada. not read yeah not read i'm yeah. sorry no se leer <laughs> that too but, <laughs> um, but yeah, i was but gonna it, mention oh, uh-huh. Um, Well, they just said that there was probably one of my aunts had told me that there's probably like a river that used to pass by there, and that's why. um, That makes sense. That's why she 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 started. (laughs) That's why she. I heard her in that area because um, there was probably a river that already dried up that used to pass through there. So don't live next to a river. Yeah, Yeah, but but according to legends, like some of these rivers are dried up, and that bitch is still walking there. there, Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, because her kids' bones could be under the ground at that point. Mm-hmm. Scary. Oh, scary. I was gonna <laughs> mention that there's something about like unique, like you said, you guys said magical about Mexico or like Latin America by extension. That um, sometimes those legends are just like part of life, where it's not even mm-hmm. superstition. It's just like a, a known fact to the mm-hmm. locals. Sometimes, yeah. Like yeah. how you said that your dad would know to be home at a certain time to avoid seeing the fireballs it's like yeah if you explain that to someone that doesn't share their culture they're like are they okay like yeah. what do you mean fireballs and yeah. it's like oh, explicándole la, la historia de la llorona to someone that isn't hispanic they're like oh what a what a scary bedtime story or something like 
Like, I don't, like, mama, like, you don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds like the mines had runoff. I don't know if those people in that town are crazy. There's lead in the water, probably. Exactly. That's what they say. I was but, like, don't drink the, the water in Mexico. It's like, no, bitch. There's a reason you don't drink it. That bitch is going to haunt you somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, see, when you are saying, that was a good story. Thank yeah. you so when much. When you're saying Thank that, you. it's like, it reminds me of, like, even, you know, when I was, doing my studies and everything it's very important for like therapists to be very cultural aware because like imagine si alguien entra y te dice oh like they start telling these stories a therapist who's not like culturally aware aware would be like this person's having hallucinations they're having delusions and they can misdiagnose people but it's really not that it's just because we have these stories like this experience so even that is it's important as well in that aspect yeah i mean it's uh it's (laughs) a lot of countries that are like that like the philippines like what would you do in a situation where someone shows it to your office and like i think my neighbor's in aswang like what do you say and it's like oh (laughs) shoot okay um you're like "Uh, (laughs) i think you need a referral (laughs) yeah (laughs) ali ali are you available i have a full case load at the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm <full> right now. <laughs> you're like i'm avoiding all paranormal um uh stories right now yes. please refer yeah. to this person mm-hmm. why do you think i wanted to meet earlier <laughs> i don't want to hear these stories at nighttime i'm kidding <laughs> oh makes sense uh, yeah well it's later here than it so it's se- almost seven oh, for yeah, us two hours so yeah it's so it's starting here, to get dark so. here Spooky. Oh yeah! Ooh, it's perfect time to go get a corn in a cup, un esquite. Mm, oh hell yes! My four o'clock esquite. Uh, four o'clock esquite the time. Raspado. The Mexican oh, food in LA is so good. Tell There's me about like it. I can say like food's okay here, but like the one time that I went to LA, I was shook. I was like, this food is so good. I love it when and people the from, from people that are not from LA come to LA, like from people from like other states, because when they come to LA, they're like oh my god it's like it's food everywhere i was like yep we got Mm -hmm. everything what do you want (laughs) choose it's real ass food too here like so a lot of mexican restaurants will cater to like more american people Mm -hmm. and so even like the authentic quote-unquote mexican restaurants are very like much leaning towards tex-mex like free chips and queso and like blah blah blah. and like the menu is very like american friendly Mm -hmm. and it was like in la it was not that it was very much like Estaba comiendo en Durango en la casa de mi abuela. Uh-huh. And it was like, I'm like, wow, that food is good. Yeah. So, uh-huh. But to tell my story about, so I'm going to like quickly summarize it. So in El Rancho where my parents are from, which is Sardinas, uh, Durango, I'm not scared to say it. Right outside of Santa Maria del Oro, shout out. Um, <laughs> we were younger, me and my sister, and there's, uh, it was a Sunday. And so this ranchito is really small, not very many population. Um, and people just kind of like dominguean. I don't know if they do that in your pueblo where they get really yeah. dressed up, but they don't really actually van do anything. Plaza, they hang out at the plaza and like, yep. yeah, yeah, van a la plaza. My, my you know. pueblo is too small, so they they just wear their regular clothes. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. it's too small here. <laughs> Les gustan presumir, se ponen sus botas, se ponen sus cintos, and they just kind of like walk around. And then towards the end of the evening, when it starts getting dark, people really like to like go to the cancha or like the the basketball court, and they put mm-hmm. up volleyball, the volleyball tents, or they put they play basketball, depending on like they alternate every Sunday. So it happened that it just so happened that it was like pretty early in the day. It was like four. A storm was rolling in, and the clouds were really really dark. And so there was probably like 
30, 35 of us, like muchachos, like me, my sister, like all my cousins, like people from the pueblo, like everybody our age. And immediately this lightning strikes like maybe a hundred feet away, very close, super loud. It scared everybody. And as soon as that lightning struck and went back up, we heard like a guttural scream with layered voices, like out of oh, like wow. a video from YouTube where they're like, oh, la llorona está gritando. Like it's very like wow. doctored, but literally out in the open screaming. And then we heard like los burros estaban like doing their little donkey noise and like yeah. the dogs were freaking out. Cows were like mooing really loud and everybody just kind of like looked at each other. And then it happened again and closer in the middle of the fucking day. We Holy all shit. ran. We like 20, 30, 25, 30 of us like wearing botas y cintos <laughs> and like your nice like Sunday get up fucking <laughs> running on these streets. And these are like, and you know, like it wasn't even a paved pueblo. It was all like terraceria, yeah, like yeah. dirt and like rocks. Oh and you God. see people like in their little tacones, like fucking deer stepping, <laughs> like <laughs> twisting an it ankle. It was crazy. Afterwards, after the fact, like now when I think about it, it was hilarious. But like the electricity that like the entered moment, your body, yeah. the like hairs on the back of your neck mm -hmm. just stood up. And the fact that everybody else was like looking at everybody else and like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, kind and, of like confirming that we all saw the same thing. Yes, and everybody was like, we need to get out of here now. Oh, and yeah. everybody ran. And then we went and like, I mean, my mom and dad were at my grandma's house, literally like 150 feet away from the gancha. Like they had just built it. It's brand new almost. I ran in and I was like, something just happened. And they're like, what happened? And I told them. And my grandma was like, Asi es la llorona. Like very like, matter of fact. Yeah. Like, Asi, oh, yeah. allá vive. <laughs> and... And the cancha was probably like, I don't know, like 400 feet from a river. Like yeah. when it rains a lot, y crece el río, like half of the cancha has gone. So it yeah. wasn't very far from the river at all. And so it was like, well, I mean, who thought of these? Like, who was the city planner here? Like, yeah. who did this? <laughs> <laughs> they have no city planner in, in, in ranchos like that. La Llorona was so, a city planner. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's build it and, here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Let me get some young blood. Who's coming? Exactly. Who's coming? <laughs> and um, so not where my, not really where that rancho is, but like if you look past it, everybody also likes to go up to the cerro where there's a pila de agua, right? And it has mm -hmm. like a cross next to it. Everybody likes to go up there. You get cell reception there. You can text <laughs> all your little buddies in the little towns. You don't get reception down in the town, right? Well, so, if you yeah, go around the that. pila and you look out, Probably like two or three miles away is el monte, like where everybody has their land and the mountains and stuff. Yeah, ahí se aparecen las bolas de fuego all the time. So it was like very. I grew up not knowing about Nahuales too. Like it was just like son brujos, todos son brujos. Es un Apache que se convierte en animal. It was like because uh, Apache Native Americans are very. Uh, like they have tribes where my parents are from in the north mm -hmm. part of Durango. And so it was just, they're like, it's just them. They can turn into animals. And to me, it's like getting back on the subject of Nahuales, it's really weird because a lot of these cultures have seen these and they have different names for them, but it's all the same thing. The mm -hmm. Stigini for Seminole, Seminole Creek people that I, that we talked about on episode seven, I believe. And then we have skinwalkers that it's the same thing. That's a different tribe, the Navajo tribe. And then we have brujas that can shapeshift. And we have a different type of bruja in the Philippines. Like, it's like all these cultures that are separated by distance are seeing the same shit. 
and what yeah. are they seeing yeah. like why is it that they all have the same like urban legend or like that that thing that they're seeing it's it's just very like strange and intrinsic and it almost makes me think like what if they really were seeing something and we just we're not in tune with like the spiritual side of it anymore because we're so far detached from it that we can't see it anymore exactly or I just glimpses just glimpses yeah. sometimes yeah i completely so. agree with that because even like having to know that like it, it it's it's so weird that we all have similar experiences and that we all like at least culturally we we all have these um stories that are are told and they are are very similar and there has to be more to it it's like almost like you know way off topic but like even aliens it's like oh you know are they real do we think that they are here with us like how do we know that not like throughout our our existence they haven't been part of our life um but i feel right. like the more we get in tune with like technology and and, and keep learning about certain things and, and just being so attached to technology we start um losing that um i guess that third eye as they say where mm -hmm. we start yeah. shutting off and like stop seeing um you know spirits or um these nawaz or the brujas and like that's why sometimes i feel like it's important for us to still keep talking about our culture and about these stories because it is part of our our culture and our our, our stories and and our and our background and it, you know they should they deserve to have a place in in the future um and yeah. i feel like we are the only ones that can pass it down um so yeah all right yeah. so let's get into it um, so we're going to talk about Nahuales. Uh, my sources for information was matadornetwork.com. Um, it's an article about los Nahuales y cómo reconocerlos. Uh, there's another one from relatoscortos.org, El Nahual, which is called The Nahual. And then a YouTube video uh, from Relatos de Terror, which is Historias de Nahuales, Volume 11. And so these have all been kind of translated by me because there wasn't very many available in English. So... Some of these, some of the vocabulary might be weird. I kind of wanted to keep it like true to like the translation mm -hmm. almost and so not change too many things. But there are some places that I'm like, this definitely does not make sense translated. So I'm just going to go ahead and like ad lib a little bit. So, but nothing's been sensationalized. Like not very, very many things in the stories have been changed. Like the, like what was told in the stories, it was more of like the layout and the syntax that was changed. Yeah. Um, just to make, so, it make it, make it, make right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Mexico has a great tradition of shamans, sorcerers, healers, nahuales, or nahuales with a G. Almost all towns and cities in Mexico have at least one nahual. Its name in nahuatl is nahuali, which means, what is my clothing or skin? It refers to the nahual's ability to transform into a half-man, half-animal creature, an owl, jaguar, eagle, or coyote. For pre-Hispanic people, the nahuali was one of the sorcerers called Tlatecotl, or Owlman, which indicates that they only appeared at night. Um, Pre-Hispanic civilizations such as the Mexica or the Mayan, the Yaqui, the Tarahumara, and Seri natives who lived in northern Mexico and the south southern United States around 900 AD already had these Nahuales. They already had them in their, in their common storytelling. These civilizations were settled in part of what are now the American states of California, New Mexico, and Texas, and the Mexican states of Chihuahua, Baja California, Sonora, and Sinaloa. They believed that if men 
that if a man could get to know his primitive spirit, or Nawal, then he could use it to heal people and practice magic. Many primitive drawings in old caves show people as werewolves. In the Mexica world, world, yes, in the Mexica worldview, the Nahuales were protected by the god of the night. Legend has it that a Nahual could shed its skin and transform into one of these creatures. There are stories that come from the colonial era and have come down to our days thanks to oral tradition, in which Mexica and Spanish hunters told that during the day, uh, told during the day that at night they had killed an animal and at dawn the corpse had been transformed into a man. Which is something that you also hear a lot about, like, le dispararon a una bruja y el día siguiente una señora del pueblo, like, no tenía yeah. pierna or something like that. You know, it's wow. like, it's something that's been happening for a long time. Yeah. Have you, have I, you heard a story like that before? Alex? Yeah, I have. I haven't. Oh, so I everything have. that you're sharing right now, <laughs> you and Dee have shared, I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing it. So yeah. I'm intrigued. So it's not uncommon. <laughs> it's not uncommon to hear about, like. Uh, mi tía tenía un tra like, la estaban trabajando, la estaban amarrando, there was something wrong with her, venía una lechuza a su, a su a, like, her window in the middle of the night and would come and, like, sing to her. And so, like, an uncle or a dad or a cousin, a tío, whatever, like, they'll come shoot it. And the next day, the person in the town that supposedly that witch that has mm -hmm. damage done to them. Oh, wow. They're missing an arm, they're missing a leg, they're dead, etc., etc. So that's a pretty common story in uh, Native American cultures and Mexican cultures, because my friend had a story very similar to that, that she told uh, her dad lived in, in the Seminole Reservation here in Oklahoma, and that happened to. And I'm like, dad, we really have the same, like, we really have the same <laughs> shit happening to us. Like, it doesn't matter, yeah. like, yeah. what culture we are. Yeah, hay cuentos, hay cuentos que, like you said, que le disparan a una lechuza, and it, like, shoots off their, their wing. And then the next day, it's like La Vijita down the street that lives by herself. Like, suddenly she doesn't have an arm. Yeah. Like, those happen a lot. Yeah. The Nahual leaves his human form for a certain time to shift into that of a chosen animal. There are several versions of how this metamorphosis is achieved. One version tells that the sorcerer simply disappears and incarnates into that of an animal at will. The shaman claims to be, to be able to incorporate his consciousness into the body of an existing animal. Either way, there is a psychic affinity, a kind of soul link between the shaman and the animal he transforms into, as if the animal's almost like an avatar. And so, like, they're just placing their consciousness and their soul into an animal, and then they can see through the eyes of the animal, like their body's gone. Uh, the next says that it is fragmented, quote-unquote, where the Nawal deliberately detaches parts of its body, the eyes, the legs, and arm, or even the intestines, in this way, if you want to kill a Nawal, the best method is to follow him and observe where he performs his transformation, steal the part of his body from which it is detached. This way, it will be impossible for him to return to his human form and die at dawn. So they usually, it's wow. like they burn up in the daylight. Yeah. And you hear this a lot about brujas as well. When brujas turn into guajolotas and stuff mm -hmm. like that, se quitan las piernas or los brazos and they flip around in fire and all of a sudden mm -hmm. they're like a turkey or they're yeah. an owl or whatever it is. So this is like a very common version of how they turn into an animal. Until they like put that body piece back. Right. Like the stegini is a version of it where they kind of throw up their intestines and to become a human back, they, they have to eat it. They back. have to swallow oh it my again. God. Oh, wow. And like if you keep it from them, like you said, se mueren. And the Stegeni is Seminole Creek. That's Seminole Creek legend, which is very similar to the Nahual, which is what the Mexica, like, we're talking about and stuff like that. So, again, calling back to, like, 
what what the hell were they all seeing that was so similar? Yeah. Um, another version is that the sleeping body of the sorcerer remains in his house while his spirit wanders in the figure of an animal. In this case, to prevent anyone from touching his sleeping body, the Nawal must somersault seven times backwards. Do seven backflips. Yeah. Seven? Oh okay. That's interesting. I can't even do one. <laughs> Only seven. Only seven. <laughs> Only seven. The good chance. Not six. Right I'm assuming. Not eight. <laughs> so immediately when I when I read this, I thought of like, oh, that reminds me of the story of how the brujas detach her legs and then spin around and somersault and fire. And when the fire stops, they're the animal. And this is very similar to that as well. I've heard of a different version, but for oh. a bruja. Bien pinche atletas, um, huh? They're like really good athletes. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like cheerleaders or something. Goddamn. <laughs> Use those, those so, uh, athletic features for something else. <laughs> right? Uh, the Spanish said that the Nahual could only transform at night and attack their children with unholy magic. The Holy Inquisition persecuted the Nahuales for a long time, but the people believed in their power and sometimes protected them, especially in indigenous communities. In the Tuxlas region, the belief in the Nahuales is deeply rooted. It is claimed that there are people who can transform into birds and have the power to fly. They come out on full moons and transform into owls, paraques, and turkeys. If someone, see, if someone sees the bird perched by their house for, a, for several consecutive days, they usually assume that it is not an ordinary bird, but a Nahual that seeks harm for someone that lives in that house. Están trabajando la persona. They're doing an amarre or something like that. Yeah. Which calls back to the story of like la bruja in the window of the person that they're doing the spell on. Yeah, um, I've heard of that the one. Legend of the, yes. <laughs> the legend of the Nahuales has dark parts, lost in the past in the magical Mexican cosmology and differs greatly depending on sources. Since they are based on local legends that are appropriate to the region where it is told. So a lot of different regions have their variations is what it's is basically what it meant. Uh, with regard to the relationship with nature, it should be noted that animals were being very close to divinity. Numerous were the deities that were linked in one way or another with animals, either because the deity was an animal, such as a, as the, how do you say that? Do you want me to just do the hard words? Boy, you go, you know, Shol pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, you got Sholot. this. Go ahead. Sholot. And his Nahual the dog. Because of his name, such as Quetzalcoatl, Feather Serpent, or Huitzlapochtli, hummingbird of the left because of its zoomorphic attire or because it was believed that the Newman had the ability to manifest itself as an animal. In addition to being very close to the deities of Mesoamerican pantheon, many animals play a leading role in myths, both in those of the creation of the world and in people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a little back back information mm -hmm. about Nahuales and now we're going to get into the stories and so Kevin's going to like lead the stories uh, okay. off. Okay. Thank you for that information because I wasn't aware of this, so yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah. We always like to give a little background yeah. before we jump in. Are you guys scared? Are you guys okay? I'm okay. I have I'm Leo right here I'm with ready. me, so. Yeah. That's okay. not fair. I'm just here and I'm okay. <laughs> is this one from. That one is from. So this one is from the Reddit thread Miedo by user SanderX7. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. When I was 18 years old, I lived in a large two-story house right in the corner. We used to have a store on the first floor, so we closed very late and woke up very early. The point is that on one of these nights, my mom was leaning out of her room, looking out the window, and she was very quiet. It was around 2 a.m. I approached her, and with her hand, she made a gesture of silence. When I looked out, I saw that there were two red eyes stuck in some bushes that were moving very fast from one bush to another. Fifteen minutes passed, and the eyes did not move. The funny thing was that when the cars passed, the red eyes went away. 
Ten more minutes passed, and I was about to go to bed when two men about six feet tall emerged from that same bush we were looking at. It turns out, by my mom's conclusion, that those rats or rodents were these transformed men. The guys walked around very calmly as if nothing had happened. Later we found out that a Nawal lived around the corner from my house and that these two men were his friends. Ooh. Oh, that is crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. That's that's crazy. I oh wow. <laughs> I would move. Oh. I would move. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> you never know. They'll they're probably near more near to you than, than you uh, might guess. Oh stop it. Uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> no. And I live like where we live, I live like close to a river, so yeah. thanks. Oh, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the, the Yorona and the Nawales are gonna be having a party in your oh, backyard. Stop it. I know, oh. no. No, <laughs> I'll just go party with them. I was gonna say if they're party Might if they're well. partying, they're not killing. That's what you yeah, want, right? Boy, Amara, it reminded me of up. like your guys' uh, episode con la con An- Annabelle. She was partying up in Mexico. Oh. So we'll go get Annabelle and just a party back here in my backyard. Just, just do a party with Annabelle. It's That's fine. Uh, it that, that, do you guys remember that time in the pandemic? That was a fucking crazy time in the pandemic. That was crazy. It feels like it's so and long that was ago. Like, I know it does. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was like beginning pandemic. Like people were stir crazy in their fucking houses. People were going to stores and freaking out because they wore masks. And then Annabelle escaped, quote unquote, like, and was on vacation. And it was like, can I what get a break? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Break? Like, what is happening? My favorite part of it was like the memes that they had oh of her where she was like all in a bathing suit and then just taking a picture. I laughed so hard at those. You know what really bothered me? I was like, why did they give this Mona boobs? Like, they gave her big boobs every time. And, like, she was, like, all, like, fitted, like, curves and shit. I was like, excuse me? Yeah, like, tight waves, like, skinny waves. That's what's under the dress. She was hiding it real good in the movie. This is is what it is? Mm -hmm. But the funnier part is that that one's, like, from the movie and not the real Annabelle. (laughs) Which I'm like, the real Annabelle is, like, a raggedy Andal. (laughs) 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 They're giving her, like, curves and stuff. And I'm, like, trying to picture, like, the raggedy Andal. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why I, I thought you were about to say a raggedy ass doll. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're also right. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, take us off with the new story. Or So we got three. So oh, there's two okay. more. Kevin's going to do the next one as well. Okay. Oh, okay. So this story is called Nawal. Uh, Pedro and his father lived very happily on a farm near northern Veracruz, Mexico. The story is completely true and real, remembered by a lot of those that lived in the community. Although it happened in 1985, the community will always remember what occurred during this time. It's something that affected the community deeply. Pedro's father was the administrator of a powerful Panuco Rancher. Panuco Rancher. Uh, transporting cattle was a very long, hard, and demanding job. On a very hard day, Don Noel and his son Pedro decided to stay at the ranch. They did not want the evening to catch up with them on the road back. Because that day's work had been especially heavier than the previous one, it always forced them to stay at the ranch. They were not so worried because they had everything necessary to spend the night quite comfortably. A couple of ranch hands, Pedro and Don Noel, decided to have dinner by making a fire in the place while talking about all the activities that the coming week had in store for them. While dining and talking, Pedro caught something very strange with his peripheral vision. 
A fireball swooped down and went into the paddock. Something terrifying. Wait. What does that say? Pedro thought that was terrifying. Oh, something terrifying. Pedro thought that was terrifying. But Don Noel and the others, far from being terrified, were smiling. Everyone supported the theory that this fireball had came and went as a witch that was stalking the place. It was late at night, a time that was not unusual to see these things, especially in such a desolate place that they were where only animals roam at night, or at all hours of the night. Although Don Noel was quite sure of himself, Pedro could not remain calm, forcing himself to hide with the cows and protect himself under the pavilion. Witches were not able to smell fear, but Don Noel, a mere mortal, could smell fear on his own son, which worried so, him a lot. Witches are able to smell fear, but Don Noel, who was a mere man, just a regular person, could smell the fear coming from his son, which worried him. Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. For this reason, he entered the area with the cattle walking under the pavilion, and he said to his son, Do you really think that this pavilion will protect you? If the witches want to hurt you, it's enough for them to know where you are to hurt you. Never show fear. Mm -hmm. Settling down after his dad said those words, Pedro tried to sleep, but it was impossible, and it disturbed him so much that he could not take his mind off those things he had seen that night. The next morning, when everyone was reporting for work bright and early, they noticed that someone was missing along the workers. Uh, he later arrived with torn clothes to have breakfast late by himself. They were surprised by his state. The Noel, who was in charge of the job, said absolutely nothing and let him pass. About a week later one night, Don Noel was sleeping peacefully when he was awoken by a distressed knocks at his front door. Don Noel, I need you to attend to this issue now, a voice came from behind the door. It was late at night. Don Noel comes to the door, opens it, and sees the local police chief. Que pasa? says Don Noel. The chief responds, I have to discuss a matter with you, Don Noel. Sir, one of your workers, Juan, is a sorcerer. He practices black magic and turns into a kind of wolf every night to scare children in our town. He also harasses women and he is no longer welcome. We are literally going crazy dealing with him. We demand you fire him and send him far away from this place. If you don't, you will have to face the damage that man is causing. The Noel scratched his head and said to the police chief, let me sleep and I'll drop by your office early tomorrow. Literally me. Let me sleep. Let me go back to bed. <laughs> what? Why, why the fuck are you here? Exactly. I'll come, I know. I'll come like, tomorrow. I'll deal with Stop day. disturbing my mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Noel complied and went to the police chief early, explaining that if he didn't prove to him that the one who was transforming to Noel was that man Juan, he was not willing to fire him. The police commissioner was aware that Juan would not allow evidence to be taken while, they were, while he were transformed. But they were sure it was him because of the clothes he was half wearing like an animal. Though Noel did not know that this was a big problem, but he was going to fire him without a reason. But he was it, not. He was going not going to fire him without a reason. Yeah. He was fair, and he was not going to let a simple wolf damage the image he had of one of his best workers. However, the straw that broke the camel's back for Don Noel unfortunately happened to him after he tried to defend Juan. Juan's uh, purposely destroyed all the work he had done the day before. The worst thing is that Don Noel had paid him for that work that day. Juan got so drunk afterwards that he went home to sleep. When Don Noel found out he was so outraged by this that he went home for his shotgun on his way to Juan's house to kill him. Don Noel had a very severe righteous hand. When he arrived at Juan's house, he found that half of their small community and the police chief were outside the home. Juan wasn't home, which angered the mob even more. Don Noel noticed that in the distance just behind the tree line, 
Juan was hiding in bushes. The Noel was one of the only people that saw him while the others were too busy burning down Juan's house. Ahí está, yelled Don, uh, Don Noel. Everyone turned to look at where he was hiding in the bushes as Don Noel pointed his gun at the area. Several people fired shots in that direction and started chasing after him. Something strange happened though. A flash, strange movement, and they could only see paws and fur running deep into the forest. When they walked closer to the area to look where Juan had been, they only found the torn clothes and paw prints on the dirt. By dawn, everyone was looking for him. The search lasted several weeks. The years went by and everyone started to accept that he was not coming back. It is said that Juan, or the Nahual, still lives in this area deep in the forest. After so long, he is still alive, and worst of all, is that his life has lengthened. The Nahuales lived longer than humans. His house was burned down and it's a sure thing to assume that his book of black magic burned with it. People say that this is why he was never seen again. He was never able to return to his human body after losing the book and the spell to do it. People in the area still say that Juan lives in the fields and roams the region at night. He feeds on animals and whatever it finds. If you ever have to stay in the night in the fields of Mexico, remember never to be afraid because this thing can perceive fear more deeply than any witch. We are talking about a Nahual, a Nahual that stopped being a human since their first turning. Damn, that's crazy. (laughs) I am not going to be alone anywhere in Mexico (laughs) because he would smell my fear. No. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, and so for our last story, this one's from uh, Historias de Nahuales, Volume 11, from from the YouTube user Relatos de Horror, de Terror. Um, This person says, I would like to be a part of Relatos de Terror with my story about a mysterious Nahual Coyote. In 1985, I was in high school at a Salesian school in Guadalajara. This happened when we went on a spiritual retreat in a nearby hacienda in Amatitan, Jalisco. There were two truckloads of passengers filled with elementary school students some sitting inside and others in the back. This included teachers and a priest who was also a teacher. Everything was going normally when we arrived at the hacienda. It was in the afternoon. While we checked out the room, something caught my attention. Only some cabins had bathrooms. The priest noted this and announced loudly, students in rooms with bathrooms don't go out at night alone. Go in pairs because they say that in these parts, anyone roaming around at at night alone disappears. I was familiar with the legend of this area and knew it had something to do with an indigenous man haunting the place, or something like that. That's what I th- that's what I think he was talking about. Everyone was a bit spooked at this. No one dared to ask any more questions. Everything was going pretty smoothly. We did our scheduled prayer and played a lot of soccer in between. In the huge dining room, we were served breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everything was normal and pleasant. The thought of the legend of the indigenous man was forgotten by the end of the day. One morning, they decided to give us some free time to explore the, near, the nearby fields of, of the hacienda. Some friends and I were exploring and saw that there were some ranch hands with hats uh, out there working. One of them was wearing a hat with several kids. I think they were his children. While contemplating the landscape, one of my friends playfully threw a big rock at a honeycomb nest full of bees. He hit the nest and it fell straight to the ground. I was the furthest away when it happened and I took off running. I was stung by a bee between my lower eyelid and the apple of my cheek. I was the only one that got stung. I couldn't believe it happened to me. I noticed, though, that the ranch hand and his children were all watching things go down quietly and intently. We walked back to the hacienda. I walked all the way back to the grand hall and asked to be curado since my cheek was swelling just a little bit. When I walked in, I found out that 
they had given us a, a free morning. They were planning to, on throwing us a big party to celebrate the, the success of the retreat. That night, we all stayed up way too late and had so much fun. I ended up going to bed around midnight. My cabin was the last cabin in the group of cabins closest to the open forest. The front door and small window right next to it faced the forest. We were lucky though, our cabin was one of the ones that had a bathroom in it. We fell oh, asleep good. immediately at 3 a.m. Yes. Right, I mean, you're at the end, at the but at least you have a restroom. Yeah. Oh, we fell asleep immediately. At 3 a.m. though, we started hearing weird noises all around the cabin. First, they were like three knocks on the wooden door, then scratching on the walls like nails on a chalkboard. My classmates in the room with me started to wake up because of the noises as well. I whispered to one, turn on the lights. Oh, Jesus. When you turn I got, on the lights, I drew the curtains sorry. on the window. I got like salofrios when you said that. Oh my God. <laughs> when he turned on the lights, I drew the curtains on the window. What the two of us saw was something strange. A coyote, but not a normal coyote. Something was off about it. It was way bigger than a normal coyote with a battered body. It was standing on its hind legs leaning on the door. He was looking at us through the window. He would look and point his nose, his nose towards the door, then he would knock with his forehead softly. He did this several times. After a few moments, I realized what he wanted. Chills went up through my back. Nos estaba haciendo señas to open the door. It started turning and moving his head and nose pointing to the mountain. He would take steps toward the mountain, look back, and come back to the door. He kept doing that, looking and pointing at the mountain and then coming back and taking steps as, as if telling us to follow him into the woods. Watching this over and over again repeatedly unsettled us and we all started to cry. We shut the curtains and began to pray. We could hear it whining and walking around the cabin for a long time. We slept with the light on that night. My two other roommates didn't even wake up in the morning. They were so soundly asleep, an unnatural sleep. Next, we told the priest and the others what we saw, and no one said anything about it. Everyone thought it had been a simple coyote. And that was Hell the end no. of the story. That reminds me of like Hell Jeepers no. Creepers, you know, and he's like... And like on the like in the in the bus, and he's just like lo está haciendo así con el dedo, like to come like he's next. <laughs> I just pictured it like the wolf just like el este caminando para acá and like pointing at the mountain and like oh no, that was I felt yes. that was very descriptive. <laughs> which I'm glad that you did that because you feel like you're actually there. <laughs> so I feel like this story lended uh, itself a lot. It, it was very detailed. Like it was like I get. You know, like I got stung by a bee. It kind of mm -hmm. talked about the activities it did. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like this almost like was like it really happened. Like it, it was yeah. like yeah. so uh -huh. very like oh, just God. slice of life, no. and then this really weird shit happened at the end, and I was like, yeah. oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. No. I I mean, it's it's one of those stories that you're just like so captivated, and they're like you could see it play yeah. in your head uh -huh. uh, based mm -hmm. on the description of like every single thing it's fascinating but no i no <laughs> i call out i don't want to be nowhere near <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> um it, it also reminds me of um i now that i think back to it i do remember my mom telling me two stories about nahuales um uh I don't know if it's still the same thing, um, and maybe you guys could answer this for me, but um, mm -hmm. that's there's certain tribes in Mexico that um, have their children transform. Like if you're like part of that tribe, you can transform into certain animals 
or um, I don't know. I forgot what it was called. Yes. Yeah. You're but right. My, my mom says that um, <laughs> there was this lady that when we used to rent um rent a house um near where we live now and there was a lady that used to live in the back and she was like guarita guarita like she was white white actually white and uh, she met her husband in i think in sinaloa if i'm not mistaken and she says that um they adopted this little kid and um that I guess because there was a lot of like native people that were just like dropping their kids off into these orphanages in the city and I guess this lady adopted this little boy with her husband and they realized that he was a Nawal. They said that he would cry, the way that he would cry would would sound like like, almost like a a tiger is or like a a, a, a A jaguar. Yeah. Panther or something. Yeah. And so that his crying was like that. And like when they would hold him to like um bury him, that he felt hot, like really warm. Um, and they thought it was a fever, but it's not. They just said that it, it ran through his blood that um that he was in a while. Um and he was a baby and when I first met the little kid, he was like he was like two or three. But there was something very different about him. And um, then we never saw the lady again. But she said that um, when she, they back, oh, they went back to Sinaloa and they talked to a tribe, that they said that yeah, that that he was in a wall, um, and uh, that they needed to be careful um, the way that he uses his powers, or else um, he could be turned into evil. Um, and my mom felt like she was like, "This is weird. This is too out there." But then my mom. T- told my dad the story and my dad's like no that's real that that exists uh in mexico a lot so yeah that's my two cents on the was wow. <laughs> yeah i i heard um i was trying to find this really good scary story that i listened to like years ago but it was about a lady that was from like you know la ciudad de mexico very like uppity like she grew up with money and she i mean she was never like a person that would go out to like outside of the city she wasn't like a pueblo person. She didn't nordeñaba vacas or anything like that. It was just kind of like she was very much like city. And she married a guy from Guadalajara and he was like from a rancho, but she fell in love with him. And so she says that or she recounts her story that like as soon as she had her kid, weird shit started happening. The fireball started appearing in her house in the middle of Mexico City. Yeah. And weird animals, they would see it outside and like just like you know, months after months after months, like lo bautizaron because they're like, this will help. She would leave scissors in the form of crosses of under crosses, her beds. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so she was just trying to do everything because she's like, this is something spiritual. This is something fucking weird. Yeah, and then finally, like when, when they saw a, uh, an owl with the face of an old lady sitting in a power line by his window in the middle of the night, his husband, her husband came clean and he's like, I need to tell you something. I come from a family of Nahuales and witches, and all the men in my family turn into Nahuales. Um, they're trying to take my son away because they say that he's the most powerful one in this generation. And oh, wow. so they basically had to move yeah. out of Mexico City and like perderse, like move to Germany or yeah. something where they couldn't find them anymore because they were going to take her kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that story was so fucking unsettling because of like the details of like, it was like a story that's like 
an audio story like relatos mm -hmm. de terror or horror or whatever but it was an hour long it was so detailed and so good and i couldn't find it and i wanted to be like you guys need to listen to the story it's really unsettling i'm but gonna look it's for like it just right? the, yes it was so good i promise you it was so good that's so, amazing i i suggest like listening to these um relatos de terror or horror i'm like i'm not sure what it is but they have the volume this is volume 11 and the volumes of the Nawal stories are so good because it's always like people that live in rural areas. It's really, right. they're normal people and really weird things are happening to them. And not all Nawales are good. I would almost yeah. say that most of them are not good. And mm -hmm. they do amarres, they do practice black magic. And, you know, they give people like sicknesses and illnesses that doctors don't know how to cure them because yeah. nothing they do helps. It's almost like cancer-like. It's consuming them, but chemotherapy doesn't work. Their tests are coming back normal. They're like pooping worms, maggots, strange animals. They're like vomiting black and nails and stuff like that. It's just like very it's weird, unsettling things. It is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. I remember uh, they, there's a, a man that still lives in our uh, my, where my dad's from, and they say that he is a Nawad. Um, and he uses his uh, his powers for evil. That they've tried to arrest him oh. a couple of times because of uh, of certain frauds that he did. But somehow, some way, he always escapes um, because he gets out. Yeah, he has like some sort of powers that transforms him into whatever he wants. Well, and, um, I've heard that he, yeah. they can compel people. Yeah, they can look at him and say, "Let me go," and you'll let them go because yeah. they compel you, like almost like a vampire. Yeah, and um, so. I came across him like two or three times, and it always felt off. Like it always felt like um, he just um, kind the of, vibes yeah. are off. Yeah, the vibes are off. And for he the did not pass the vibe check <laughs> exactly. Yep. And for the longest time, like he was like looking for suitors for his sons, and um, we were just like, "No, ma'am, mm. uh, I'm gonna go the other way around." And like, <laughs> did you go on a date like, with his son? Fuck no, my cousin did. Yo te veo, yo te veo ahí como una. You would be like a little cute owl with like the head, yeah. of, like your head, oh, and like just on a window. They would have teach. They would have oh, taught you magic. I should have done it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I missed my opportunity. Um, a Hogwarts no. love story. Love it. Oh, that's true. Where, that's where my true head love. was going. I'm like, yep, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was pretty funny because my cousin actually did date him, uh, one of his sons. Oh. And um, I would ask her all the time, just like, oh, is he weird or whatever? He was like, and she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, he was obsessed. He was like, whenever um, I was around him, she, he would kind of like be like, oh, you're going to be my, like, my nuera or whatever and stuff like that. And I was like, that's so weird. He was like, yeah. Like, he was like, weirdly enough, he was, he was very flamboyant, very, people thought he was gay. But he had kids, like he had daughters and sons, and his daughters were beautiful, like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. His sons, not so much, but like his daughters were really beautiful. <laughs> tea. Yeah, tea was the real tea. And um, he was he, he was very obsessed with like money and flashing it. And a lot of people that from other towns would come to him for like amares and like and stuff like that so that's where he got his money from and um oh a God. lot of people try to like make him go away and he always found his way back and like he always like 
did some shady shit. So like from now on, everybody's just like very cordial to him, but like keep their distance. So whatever they have to do with him, it's like there and that, and then just not talk to him ever again. So it's it's oh pretty my weird. Gosh. Yeah, Oof. I know. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I do recall the thing that you guys said about the witches. Um, another story <laughs> was that my cousin, when she was a baby, there was guajolotes uh, um, all around her her home. And her mom was from uh, Michoacan, so she didn't know about it, that you needed to put the scissors underneath her pillow. And so she just shooed them away and like tried to scare them off, but she didn't know about it. And it turns out that um, in one of those moments, there was like a... They, she, my cousin told me that a bruja was trying to take her away, like her soul, and um, that her mom, her grandmother, came into the room and start, got like scissors, like silver scissors, and like started like cutting like in the air, and then uh, she had to sleep with scissors underneath her pillow for a couple of months. And um, so here's what I think is really strange about your story. Um, so I, have you guys heard about the Asuan from Filipino folklore? Mm-mm. No. no. It's a person that's your neighbor that can turn into an aswang at night. And so they'll come and they'll sit and they'll perch at your window and their tongue will come out and it'll mm-hmm. go into your vientre. They'll go in mm-hmm. through the belly button or through a woman's parts and they'll suck out your baby. Oh or my they'll God. come and what? they'll suck the soul out of the baby. So this is Filipino folklore. So yeah. I think that it has to be noted that like a lot of these stories where witches come sit at a window is that their tongue comes through the window and pulls the soul out of a baby, just like in Filipino folklore. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so in the Philippines, they actually eat the baby. And yeah. supposedly yeah. like in the rural areas of the country, it's like known as like a cause for like stillbirth. Still, oh, no death. okay. Well, yeah. There's yeah, stillbirth yeah. and then there's death, like SIDS. That's why, that's kind of how they explain SIDS. Yeah. So, as it's in the belly. The baby's not out. <laughs> I've heard where the baby has died in the crib, and they oh. found marks on them, like from okay. like uh, something sucking on them, yeah. Yeah. like moretones. Yeah. And yeah. so, just another like callback to like that's literally across the ocean from Mexico. Yeah. So like, what yeah. the fuck? It's crazy. It's crazy that um, th- that they all kind of have the same uh stories uh, even though they're miles apart so that's it's interesting i i enjoy i enjoy um, the, the 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 i guess the similarity the connection yeah right yeah. <laughs> d do you happen to like like anime no or like cartoons i i only watch i only watch pokemon <laughs> okay well if you're ever feeling a little you know just like curious i would suggest you watch the series trece on netflix because it is a show that is like all about like Filipino folklore and the different types of like creatures that it that it has, and so less. it's based off of a <laughs> it's, yeah it's based off of a graphic novel, but it's really good. I, I one of our um, listeners had recommended it. I had already watched it, but Kevin watched it with me, and he was like, "Oh, this was really good," and I was like, "Yes, it was." So, <laughs> we'll say less. I'm definitely to think gonna about. watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely watching and it's it. Like, a lot of the creatures, there's a lot of crossover with like the types of creatures that come up in Mexican folklore too. So I really suggest like watching it or you know, if you have time, if you're not too busy. Oh, trust me. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, you are. You have a podcast to run, and I'm like, ah, fine. Yes, I'm over and you here guys like, come out with way more episodes per month. Oh god, I know. <laughs> trust me. 
How often do you guys like upload episodes? Once a week. We try like once weekly? a week. Yeah. Mm, okay. We we're try. over here struggling to do it once a month. Yeah, we're fighting for a live so that once a month. Trust me, it's it's a it's a challenge, but um we try to make it work as much as we can. Actually, right. we have a you know a life. There's a lot of other things that we got going on, so but yeah, we love I it. Know. So far, it's been yeah. great. We've uh, yeah. I think when we first started this back in September, you know, for myself, I was really just nervous and not knowing how people were gonna respond. And just in general, like listeners have been great. People just the support's been great, but also just the community with other pod you know other other podcasts and either if it's true crime or if it's like horror stories or just anything like it's everyone has been just so kind and supportive and, and welcoming yeah too. welcoming so we're really glad to be in this community and you know we got to meet you guys so it's been we've been Definitely. really it's been going great we're really happy with how far we've gone so far yeah definitely well, you know and, what? And, and thank you so much for inviting us on your show too we yeah. really appreciate it and thank you guys for um sparing some time to talk yes. to us and share your uh stories of the noal and and uh, interact with us as well um we really appreciate it and um i can't wait for people to listen to this and uh have their own thoughts and uh, follow you guys and listen to you guys because you guys really put so much uh, time and effort into these race research and um we love these stories and and also talk about like cultures and like what has happened to us personally or or people that we know so it's uh, it's pretty cool to um interwine both true true crime and uh paranormal and um stories and and share experiences with one another so uh thank you i had fun yeah. I know me too. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely was fun. Yeah, maybe next time I'll do I'll find scarier stories for you guys. <laughs> definitely. Well, next, I'm ready. Time, next time we can have them on ours. Yeah. I'm we will Very love to. to. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, uh where can um our listeners find you guys and um and uh more about your podcast? Okay. Well, uh your listeners can follow us on Get Spooky Pot on Twitter, Get Spooky Podcast on Instagram, and or they can email us their personal stories through Instagram, through DMs, or they can send it to us uh, on our Gmail at GetSpookyPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, you guys. I, I'm for sure gonna get some dms from like my aunts or something telling me oh guess what listen this and this ali already knows my aunts they're like oh, yeah. always like chatting it up on the dms <laughs> and wanting us to share their their stories but uh thank you so much for uh sharing those um cool stories and and um more about the nawal that i didn't know <laughs> and um we appreciate it uh so thank you guys, you guys are wonderful and go guests. follow them thank you Definitely, our first oh, guest. Thank you. So you guys are our first. <laughs> Yay! 
um but yeah uh thank you guys for joining us and for our listeners thank you guys so much for tuning in and hopefully you guys like this episode um i know it's a little bit of a long one but you get to enjoy two different podcasts in one um and uh yeah let us know what you guys think about um this episode about the no wild cases that they they talked about the, the stories in in this episode as well um or um the story that ali gave us with um, her case about emma and um, her son um if you have any more details you'd like to share please share with us on uh, twitter on instagram and um on facebook am i forgetting something tiktok and facebook <laughs> um you can find us at svsm underscore podcast on twitter instagram and tiktok or um on facebook as so really so my cover podcast um and yeah uh, am I missing anything? No, I think you're good. You're losing your voice. Right? Don't forget to tell someone it's you love it. how much yeah. they mean to you. Definitely. Uh, tell people you love them. Check in on them. And um, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, we're really Bye. excited for you guys to listen <laughs> to this. Sorry, I don't, sorry, I don't <laughs> no. know. That's usually how we sign off. <laughs> we're like, guys sign off. We're just like, We're really excited to have you guys here. And hopefully in the future, we can do another one. Um yeah. Maybe it can become a monthly thing. Definitely. It can become every other month. Who knows? We'll surprise you guys. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll throw a spin to it. Right? We'll leave you guys in suspense right there. But thank you guys for, yeah. for sitting here with us and for, you know, just for uh, all yeah. the support. And you guys, you guys, both of you are awesome. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Both of you are awesome too. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you guys next week with a new episode. And uh, yeah, uh, bye. 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 <laughs> <Spooky>. <laughs>